You know, it has nothing to do with these metrics, which I call vanity metrics, which a lot of influencers, they kind of get in their head. It has nothing to do with that. And it has more to do with what assets are we creating together to make a bigger impact to both of our communities. You're listening to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast with Danielle Jervy Harmon, the place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth strategist, Danielle J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, Let's get this party started. If this is your first time joining me, there's just a few things I want to make sure that you know. Number one, I am not new to this. I am true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six and seven figure CEOs. And no, in case you were wondering, you do not have to choose. You can love God and make both loads of money. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six and seven figure CEOs. Oh, and we don't do hustle and grind. We do spirituality and systems. You might be wondering exactly what the incredible factor is. And if that's you, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode. I even give you a really powerful worksheet that you can download so that you can find yours because it is the key to beginning to leverage and scale your business. And I am tickle purple that you are listening in today. This episode is powered by Shatter Your Income Ceiling, my brand new advanced private training that breaks down the framework that my clients are using to experience consistent $30,000 to $100,000 months in their service-based businesses. Learn more and apply today at workwithdarnielle.com. I am so excited for you. I've got another powerful episode for you today. Today, I sit down with Warren Carlisle, and he says, you should not be vain. I'll tell you a little bit more about that as we go through this process. Let me just take a quick moment and read Warren's official bio. Warren Carlisle is a professional community building strategist who works with purpose-driven brands and influencers to build fanatical online communities. He is co-founder of Propel Brand Management Agency and founder of OctoNation, the largest octopus fan club, a nonprofit organization that inspires conversation of the ocean, conservation of the ocean by teaching the world about octopuses. He's been featured and gotten the attention of celebrities and global organizations such as Michael B. Jordan, Ellen DeGeneres, Joe Rogan, Facebook headquarters, and so many more. Warren believes online communities are the lifeblood of brands' relevancy in today's crowded digital marketplace, and especially now given the global pandemic. Okay. First of all, I know I probably say this every single episode, but I love, love, love me some Warren. Warren is brilliant. He is passionate and he is well thought in research. I think one of the things I love about spending time in his space is that he has done his research and his due diligence. And you'll see as you listen to this episode that we all have an opportunity to live in our genius every single day as Warren unpacks all of that for us. There were so many amazing things that he said, right? And he talked a lot about creating a fanatical community and how you have to be willing to shift your mission digitally in order to impact the world. I do not want to steal the thunder of all of the amazing nuggets that he said. So I'll come back after you've had a chance to listen and together we'll unpack a lot of the powerful things that Warren has said. So grab pen and paper so that you can get ready to listen in to my conversation with Warren Carlisle. Warren, oh, I'm so excited to have you on the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing so good. How are you? I am amazing. You guys can't see Warren, so you're going to have to go to social media to see just how cute he is. He is like the cutest little thing, and he used to be a model. He'll probably tell us that story. I received that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Warren, take just a quick moment and tell everybody who you are in your own words. Sure. I'm Warren Carlisle. Uh, I'm community building strategist. So I help people 
build a fanatical communities around their mission, around their brand, around their product or service. And I also am the founder of Octonation. It's the largest octopus fan club. It started off as a fun project for me. Um, I kind of did it after work because I had this fascination with the octopus. And then it turned into a full-blown nonprofit organization where now we're um, one of 14 in North America that is an accelerator program put on by Facebook. So that's kind of what happens when I get it involved with projects. <laughs> I kind of turn them into... It's like, oh, you thought you were going to do this, and all of a sudden somebody's on like a national stage or somebody's you know, partnering with a, a major organization because I like to dream big for myself and my clients. I'm sorry. You keep talking. I just had to write that down because that was so good, Warren. Like, I love that. I like to dream big for myself and my clients. That right there. So, okay, so how did Warren get to be the big dreamer? Where did this come from? So you, you mentioned that I was formerly a model, and I would like to say that, yeah, yes, I, I did get into modeling, but I more or less got into modeling as a strategy to do what I felt like I wanted to do at the time. Let's go back to 2011. You know, I was working in real estate at the time with one of my aunts who had this booming real estate company, and I wasn't, I was enjoying it, but I was enjoying it because it was new and I was learning. But after, you know, I sold a couple homes, I was like, okay, I got it. I'm bored. And unfortunately, at the same time, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go home. And so I went home. She lived two more months. And then I was like, what's next for me? And so I was thinking, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do because, you know, my mom obviously didn't live her full life. And so let's just, you know, whatever comes to mind. So for whatever reason, I find myself in Barnes & Noble and I am walking down the magazine aisles and I see fashion magazines and I go, you know what? It'd be really cool. I've always wanted, I love the idea of living in New York. Um, I didn't know what it, I was lived in San Antonio, Texas. I didn't know what that was like. And so I was like, okay, so I'm going to be a intern for a celebrity fashion photographer. Like that's what I'm going to do. So I was like, what do I need to do to do that? So I grabbed all these fashion magazines and I um, had my phone with me and Instagram was taking off around that same time. And I was like, I'm going to add these celebrity fashion photographers on Instagram and I'm going to reach out to them and let them know that if I was their intern, this is the value that I could provide them. And so I started reaching out to them. I started discovering them in these magazines, then reaching out to them with, I can make sure that behind the scenes, there are photos taken with you and the celebrity. I can make sure that you're building your brand alongside the people that you're taking photos of. I can make sure that, and I just, this huge list of everything that came to my mind of like, the, the best wingman for a celebrity fashion photographer. And I got reached out to by a guy named Chung Kai Shi, and he was a celebrity fashion photographer, primarily male celebrity models. And he said, do you even live here? And I was like, no. And I was like, but I can be there. And he was like, okay, well, I'd love to have you. I love, you know, your spirit. I love, you know, the value that you're, you know, this. And so I moved there and found myself going from zero to a hundred. So I went from not, understanding what the fashion industry was like to he threw me into uh press shows um you know j crew runway shows uh i was you know working with todd snyder unique flow mont blanc just like right out of the gates and as i worked with him i discovered how influencer marketing worked i understood how he could leverage you know his brand a little bit more and he after three months he said you know what i want to i want you to be my studio manager and i was like okay and so I managed all of his strategic partnerships with everybody that came into contact with him. They didn't get to him unless they came through me. And I learned so much through that time period about, like I said, influencer marketing, about positioning, about leveraging brands, about we went from working with celebrities to working with micro influencers. But like I said, kind of like real estate, once I got it, I was like, okay, I got it, bored. So I was like, what could I do? And so I started Octonation and I, I used all of the resources and all of the skill sets that I learned through influencer marketing. And I plugged it into how do I take this love for influencer marketing and all of this stuff and bridge it with something that I love, which was the octopus and the deep sea. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing influencer marketing campaigns with people who identified as really loving this animal and had a platform. And I slowly but surely built this community. And as in tandem to that, I was helping other people. You know, for me, I felt like it was, it was easy to look at what somebody was doing and say, okay, well, who does it make sense for you to collaborate with? 
And for them, they were so busy catering to their community that they didn't think about collaboration. And I was just like, no, how do we leverage what you're doing even more? And they were just like, well, I'm, I'm busy with my people. I'm just like, I, you know, I love your people, but you have a bigger audience. And so what are we doing alongside of what you're doing to make sure that, you know, there's more microphones to your mouth in a sense. And so, like I said, through, you know, building Autonation, I built alongside of it, other community leaders up. And I'd like to say that I give a lot of the community leaders that I work with a lot of confidence because I kind of just tell them what to do. I'm like, oh, no, you're doing this. This is what's happening. You're going to work with this organization. I have a phone call scheduled for you to have a conversation with the head of the marketing department at XYZ. And they're like, okay. <laughs> but I so, like, that's one of the things I like about, uh, not actually, I don't like it. I love it about you is that you're, the way that your brain thinks it's a, it really is a gift because you never just stay where you are in that moment. You're always ahead. So when you said, I like to dream big for myself and my clients, I completely got it. Cause I remember the one-off conversation we had at Epic, what was that last year, the year before, whatever it was, right? And how you just broke my brain after, I don't know how long you had known me before we got introduced at Epic, not, but yeah, not that, after not a that very long. short period of time, being able to already come in and encapsulate who I am and what I most needed to be doing in order to maximize my own platform. And I love, I love that about you. And I love that you don't think linearly and I, and I love that you get bored because I think that the, the fact that you get bored makes you that much more dangerous as an asset to anyone's team because they always will be cutting edge, right? Like whatever it is that you're bringing to them is going to be next, which is why they can have the confidence because I, the other thing I love about you, Warren, is you inhabit wherever you are, you take it on. And I, I don't, I think it's, I think, Part of you is empathic, and so that's just your nature to completely encapsulate whatever it is that you're a part of, which is why Octonation has grown so massively in such a short period of time. Like, But that skill set of encapsulation that you embody when you're working with someone is so stinking powerful. Yeah, and I, I had a – thank you – I had a conversation with these two guys out in Brazil and they were in an ad agency and they were just like, you know, we really want to teach people how to do CGI, which is like, you know, the people that create stuff like Toy Story and all these. And they were this brilliant agency that created for clients like Pepsi and all these big clients. And they said, our heart is really in teaching the artist of Brazil how to do this because there's so much artistry here. There's so much talent. And so we created this concept called the unhide school. And essentially what they would do is unhide the layers and the processes of what they did in CGI and break it down so that they could teach it in an online subscription basis. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when I was working with them and they were just like, well, so what type of content? And we were going through this whole entire strategy. And the first types of conversations I was already saying, when we work with Adobe, when we work with, this is how we're going to get into XYZ organization or brand, in that first conversation, I don't care if you have zero followers, I always tell people, your commitment to your community, even if it doesn't exist yet, is to provide the best programming or the best experience to your audience. And so don't start with, well, I only have 10 followers or I just started yesterday. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to get Oprah on the line. I'm like, why not? <laughs> you want your first person to be Oprah. You know, and so it's these limiting beliefs or... And I think it could be, you know, because again, my mom passed away and that's when I hear people say that, I'm just like, my mom doesn't have that ability to dream anymore. She doesn't have that ability to, I guess she does through me, but what a privilege it is for you to even be, you know, be in this moment where you're making, you know, that decision or I don't even know what, what that is, but I will fight for, you know, people's like, if they have that limiting belief or that disempowering language, I'm almost allergic to it. So when they say, well, I'm not trying to this or any sort of thing that's going to take away from their greatness. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, if you want to get on my bad side really quickly, just talk about how you don't think you're that great. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that type of languaging that is not going to get you in your community to where it needs to be. So yeah, that's so good. OK, so you, I don't like to stop you when you're flowing because you just drop so many jewels. So I want to just pause for a moment, let you catch your breath. And I'm going to just pull back some of the amazing things that you said while you were just 
telling your story, talking about a few of the clients that you've had the opportunity to dream big for. Oh my gosh, you said so many good things. I love, I'm going to take it all the way back to when you were first telling your story about going to work with a celebrity photographer. And you said, as a part of your positioning to them before someone kind of latched on to, hey, let me give this kid a shot. You said, I want to be the best wingman ever for a celebrity photographer. What I love about that is that, and it speaks to what you just said a few minutes ago about limiting beliefs. I feel as if, please correct me if I'm wrong, you've figured out how to work through the limiting beliefs that that threaten to derail us so that you're never sidetracked by them and you just move ahead no matter what, which I think that there that's probably an episode in and of itself, like teaching people how not to be derailed by themselves, right? It's because not that I don't have those thoughts too. Yeah. I immediately, uh, there's a part of my brain that immediately says, who the hell do you think you are reaching out to some random celebrity fashion photographer? What right do you have? Like, you know, I hear there's that other person in my head, but there's this other stronger person that's also in my head that's just like, that's not my story. You know, I understand what you're saying. I don't hear that. I, that's not going to be my experience in this yeah. situation. And so that you just have to make sure that that voice is, is you know, if, and if you create, like I said, I created this list where I thought, man, like how would anybody turn this list down? Like, there's no way. And I came prepared. It's not like I came in with just like this ignorance of like, you should want me because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of this cute guy and, you know, I'm kind of mysterious and who I'm reaching out to via DM. Like, I understand how all these lenses could be perceived, but I took the route of I'm going to provide extreme value yeah. and make this irresistible. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then you said, I mean, you said so many different things, but two things I want to point out that you say when you're talking specifically about influencer marketing, you said, you ask one powerful question to your clients, who does it make sense for you to collaborate with? And then the, the byproduct of the collaboration is so that you get more microphones to your mouth. I love that. We're gonna, we're gonna expand on all of these, but I just need to pull them out. And then you said, your commitment to your community, even if it doesn't exist yet, is to provide the best experience possible. And you know what? In that moment, Warren, you were talking to me because I literally was just in the car with my new assistant talking about Instagram and how I don't get it. I don't understand it. And so, and I only have 2,600 or 2,700 followers. So you're totally talking to me and I received that limiting belief that I'm saying. And, and the crazy thing, crazy is probably not the right word, is I know I'm brilliant. I know more of the world needs to know that I exist. So I get it. And what I like said to her is I need to find the time, make the time, create the time to understand it because I know I'm missing something major by not being more um, dynamic on that platform. And community building, what I, what I want you to hear is it's platform agnostic in a sense where mm. stop thinking about the platform in a sense of I really think about like if, imagine you're the Netflix of your given niche or of your topic. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, okay, that's a platform. Netflix is a platform, but what sort of programming would you provide um, on that platform mm -hmm. to keep the attention span on your series or on your, your show? And that doesn't, it doesn't have to, you don't really have to think of a platform in the sense where you're like, okay, Instagram, Facebook or whatever. It's what's the concept, you know, like for me, like the shirt that I'm wearing, nobody can see it right now, but I'm wearing a design by a Brian Kessinger, who's the youngest animator to ever have been hired at Disney Animation Studios. And he inspires so many budding uh, animators to get into uh, what they do. He stays on um, Instagram Live and he has these long conversations to these people that just are so inspired by him and his drive and, you know, his practice. He practices, you know, all the time, even having worked in Disney, you know, his whole entire life. And so when I was looking at him, I, I didn't think of what platform we would be on. I thought, you know what, there's a pandemic happening right now. And the fact of the matter is, is kids are at home and kids are bored. What would kids want to do that would align with my mission, which is to inspire conservation of the ocean by teaching the world about octopuses. So I said, let's draw an octopus. Brian Kessinger, would you love to join me on um, online and teach my community and your community how to draw an octopus together? Mm -hmm. We didn't talk platform. We didn't say any of the mechanics, but I just thought, I think that would be a great, that would be a great thing um, to supply 
you know them with? What is an asset that we can create together? I don't care what platform it's on because after the asset is created with the other person, I can spend money on ad spend. And this is what people have to understand with influencer marketing. People make the assumption that when somebody hires an influencer, that they want their audience to sell to. And that can be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. It's way more expensive if you go out and you hire a, a photography company, you hire a creative director, you hire um, the place what the photography is going to be taken into, and you just have a photo shoot with models in it as a brand. Why not with influencers, if they have a built-in production company, which means they can take photos of themselves and, and storytell, mm-hmm. you can put ad spend behind that asset and sell to your, to your audience then you completely cancel out all the production costs. So what most people think is that, oh, they just want to tap into my audience because they, they want my market segment. Companies that have billions of dollars, like Coca-Cola, they're not thinking about making $100,000 off of your followers. They're thinking about who can we essentially work with that um, is in line with our mission or, or is doing something out there that we feel like is representative of our company's values that we can hold us, we can shine a spotlight on them to say, you know, this is the sort of person that the Coca-Cola company stands by. And this is the type of citizen that, you know, and go back to their tagline. So it's not always about what are they going to get from me? It's about working with people that just, you just vibe with them really well. You, you share audiences, you share core values. You know, it has nothing to do with these metrics, which I call vanity metrics, which a lot of influencers, they kind of get in their head. It has nothing to do with that. And it has more to do with what assets are we creating together to make a bigger impact to both of our communities. Yeah. And I love how you just mentioned core values, because I think that that, like I didn't, I never knew in my own work, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe I knew I had core values, but I certainly wasn't working to the core values mm-hmm. until I hired a video brand strategist last year. And when we did our first day, he was like, what are your core values? And then he showed me how everything that I've been doing in my business has been in alignment with these core values. And I remember when I sat down with you and you took the piece of paper and you mapped out my seven, seven things, one of those things was core values. So talk a little bit about why knowing your core values and knowing the core values of others that you might want to collaborate with isn't essential if you really want to build a platform. And a so I'm a- I'm a firm believer in manifestation, but me what, and what people most know about me is I'm very pragmatic. I'm very logical. I'm highly strategic. And I be, believe that you can strategically manifest your community based on your core values, being way more upfront with the sort of people um, and the sort of principles in which you subscribe to and letting people know if, if there's a community member out there that bumps against a foundational core value, you letting your community know that as a leader, that's not okay with you, but that's not how we do things here in this space. And so, you know, the Obama foundation and especially Michelle Obama, you know, when, when she said, you know, when they go low, we go high. Mm -hmm. Right. And that speaks to a core value that she has. And when you think of the sort of type of people that manifest as a direct result of that statement, those are the people that she wants to speak to. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Every single time you go to create a piece of content, and I tell this to people, if I can't tell what core value you're exhibiting in a piece of content, then you're, you're diluting your brand. Um, you're not serving to strengthen your community at all. You're diluting your brand with nonsense. Oh my gosh, Warren, did you see my face? Yes. That is so, if you were here right now, I would smack you. That's how good that was. Okay, you said, if I cannot tell what core value you are exuding, you're diluting your brand. Oh, yes. my goodness. Now tell me why. Tell me why I'm diluting my brand if you can't see my core values just by consuming my content. Imagine how let down people are when somebody shows a side of themselves that we're just like, really? Like we're, we're so let down. And especially if you have a personal brand and you're at scale at this point or anything like that, and you just, you do something that's so against what people thought you like this sort of person you were it's kind of like when that influencer that vegan influencer was caught eating meat at like this steakhouse um you know whatever and everyone was just like what like so you were putting on a front like yeah and it just kills her whole entire brand and and a lot of times you'll see influences that'll do brand killing things and so 
as a brand, like if you think of yourself, you say you have a brand manager on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really have to check in because your ego is on that other side. <laughs> and I mean, this is an honest, honest to truth. Yeah. So yeah. your ego is going to be like, well, I can do whatever I want. That's like what the ego is going to say. Your person that is just like, no, like let's, let's let, let's like, let's not be emotional here. Let's think that we're trying to create a legacy because we are trying to create a legacy mm-hmm. and we ha- we're not that person. This is a very fleeting moment for me. And everybody has those moments where there's, there's aspects of our personality where we're like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to do that at scale and post emotionally and, you know, go on a rant about, you know, how is this productive to your community? And if it's not, and you're complaining about something or whatever, like say you complain about a brand, you know, say you have a really bad experience and you want to just, you know, drive, you drive the home the point that this brand and blah, blah, blah. I can see if they do something against like a foundational core value, say they do something that's like super racist or whatever, then you have to speak truth to bullshit. And that's something Brene Brown says, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's like something small, like a customer service thing, then what you're telling other brands that would potentially want to work with you in the future is that you are problematic. That there's, if they have a small issue, instead of them being able to correct it with you behind closed doors, what you're exhibiting to other brands is that, no, you're going to air their dirty laundry. You're going to air their customer service issues. And so you just show people who you are. And if that's not who you really are, and it's an emotional moment, then that's why I say check back in with those core values, because those core values will lead you down a path where you're constantly strengthening the affinity that you have with your community every single time you show up. Yeah. And if that, if that affinity is problematic, say you're a personality and that's like a, and they do this oftentimes in Hollywood. And this is why, you know, celebrities unfortunately like, like commit suicide and do stuff is because they're acting out a version of themselves that is a character and it's not truly them, but they're doing it because that's what their fans want. Mm-hmm. And so I think nowadays, now that we're like, we're so connected to our customers or our community members is that we have the opportunity to truly be us. And, and not lose ourselves and have that be enough and have the people that we love find us through who we strategically collaborate with, through the content that we provide, through the programming that we know we provide. So do that, you know, be, be more strategic with it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot that goes in with that, with core values, but core values, like I said, I have these seven C's. Clarity is that first one. How do you want your community to refer to you at scale? Not how do you want to refer to yourself? But what are words that they can use that are going to, you know, like Octonation is the largest octopus fan club. And the reason I call it that is because when somebody hears the word Octonation, I want them to immediately say, oh, that's that octopus fan club. Right. So it's like, how are you empowering your members with words that they can use so that they can easily refer you like that? And then it goes on to core values. Like, how are you creating a soul in the brand? And we know brands that don't have souls. Like we know brands that were just like, oh, they're not there. They're not, they don't answer their own Facebook. They don't answer their own. They're a celebrity. They don't, you never see them in the comment section. They're never pouring into somebody else. Right. And so we don't, we run away from those people and we go to people like Cardi B <laughs> who, you know, who is in her comment section, who is right. uploading a young rappers, who is like, she's very much for the people. And I did a whole training on a Cardi B at one time. It was, it was a, that's a conversation for another day, but mm-hmm. you know, there's strategy behind what she does. <laughs> right. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so what are the other ones? So clarity, core values. And you get into content. And so of course it's all in order, right? So you can't move, you can't move into content. And this is what happens a lot is people just start creating content based on whatever. And I'm like, Oh, this isn't really tied into a soul. So this isn't going to fly as high. I guess we can say that. <laughs> right. Um, so how are you, you know, creating programming that's deserving of people's attention on a daily basis? And you really have to, you really have to sit with the deserving. Is this what I just posted? If somebody logs in and they're busy on their lunch break or their whatever, depending on who your customer is or who your community member is, is this deserving of their attention in a given moment? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is, oh, this was just a thought I had, or this is flippant and there's no strategy behind that piece of content, then don't like, don't post it. <laughs> um, and then you get into uh, con- after content, it's collaboration. So who you like strategically working with, like I said, to uh, that shares your core values. That's a- another important thing um, that uh, is providing, you know, uh, maybe tools, tips and resources to the same people that you want to get a hold of. That's like I said, in harmony with you. 
And then you get into connections and the connections big. So how are you making your community members feel seen? Um, and this has to be very strategic in a sense where if you sell a shirt, then are you providing an opportunity for people to show up on your timeline in that shirt? Are you, are there campaigns that celebrate your, your community, your customers with Cardi B, she'll upload, uh, I use her example again. She doesn't mind using her platform to give her platform to a young rapper or a young dancer or a young violin player. And so she's creating brand advocates for life as a result of her sharing that platform. And, and it means more to those people than she'll ever know. Um, but I mean, that's, that's connection, right? Then you get into, um, <clears throat> is it conversion? So, um, how are you ethically converting people's attention to your offers or to your products, programs, and services? Meaning, have you done all of those other things? Because if you're not providing content, if you're not making your members feel seen, if you're not plugging things into core values to get really clarity about who you are in the market, then you don't deserve to be selling. And so when people come to me, like influencers that have 500,000 followers, I had this, I worked with this fitness influencer and he tried to launch a book uh, about his workout routines, but he had not taught how to do a crunch on his Instagram. Like there was no teaching, there was just thirst trapping, right? And so he went to go launch this book that he had somebody else ghostwrite because he was trying to monetize his followers and he sold less than 20 copies to 500,000 people for $7. So... That's just an example of, of this in action, like that it doesn't work. Right. Uh, and then the last one is uh, consistency. So how are you doing this so you're not having creator's anxiety, which happens to a lot of people that start getting over 10,000, over 100,000, then you have a million followers. You start getting this anxiety where you feel like you need to perform more because you have a bigger stage. And that's when you really need to scale it back and say, all we're doing is looking at collaborating with really cool people, creating awesome programming for your community and, and staying within your core values. Do not lose your head. Right. And so sometimes I'll work with, you know, influence in this space who are just losing it because they have five, six, seven million followers. It's like, no, like, let's go back. This is what, who you are. This is what you stand for. All we have to do is work with the people that you vibe with and we have to create content that's deserving of your community's attention. Right. And they're like, okay, okay. So that's my seven C's. And like I said, I've used it for every single, you know, person that I've worked with. What I like about it is I like the progression, right? So mm-hmm. each step of the way, and I love what you just said a minute ago, if you don't get clarity, if you don't connect, if you don't create content that's based on core values, then you don't deserve to sell. I think yeah. making sure that a client goes through each step is what sets them up for massive conversion and to show up consistently inside of their community to get that you know, feel, seen, heard, everything that everyone needs, right? And I think what I love, the other thing I love about your work is that it's right based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Everybody's looking for a place to belong. Mm. And so if we can do a great job of creating a safe space for people to belong, then they will galvanize there and they'll bring other people with us. And when we are focused on being clear, we're connected, we have clarity. I mean, I don't want to keep saying the same thing. Yeah. We are, we have, we're leveraging our core values. We're creating amazing content. We're doing all of those things. Then the money will show up. Like we were driving back from lunch. And what I, one of the things I said was, if you get a lot of, if you make a lot of impact, then you're going to make a lot of income but you got to focus on the impact first, right? It will come. And if you lead with the income, then you're going to miss the mark. You're going to rob people of the opportunity to experience the real you. And you're going to rape yourself from the ability to really show up powerfully in the world, which I think is important to keep in mind as well. Yeah. And I would differentiate too, like, you know, and I forgot to mention this in the beginning of the podcast, but I've chosen to work with purpose-driven brands. Um, And so what that means is that there is, they, the, the person I'm working with has, they have their intentions, they have values, they have this purpose that they feel called to. Of course, I could use my powers for bad, right? right. You know, if, if, if I wanted to work with somebody like a, the cash me outside girl, whose whole entire brand is predicated on uh, um, her being on Dr. Phil and blowing up and being problematic, I could totally work with a client like that, use all of these powers to completely create surface level relationships and create a product line and whatever. Right. But 
like I said, I'm not in, that like that's there's nothing more that I could care less about than surface level relationships and conversations. So that wouldn't be fun for me. Like I'm not I'm not that guy. So um, like I said, there's if, if if you're listening and you're just like, well, this person does it this way and they don't have a problem with this, or I I don't see evidence of this. Okay, but are they truly a purpose driven um, community or entrepreneur? They're probably not. If they're relying on hype. It's going to be great, but I don't know if it's going to build a legacy. Uh, and if you, you know, like, like most people want to do. Right. Well, and that's what I would say. It might be short lived because yeah. it seems to me that when you have the seven C's, that's what gives you that legacy and the sustainability of the community that you're building. Right. So that it, it even takes on a life of your own. Like when I think about Octonation, whether Warren is there or not, Octonation is going to live. Because you've gone through a process to be able to create it strategically in a way that aligns and creates such synergy amongst the people inside of the community that they give it its own life. Like it doesn't even need Warren anymore to breathe. It's breathing on its own. And I think that's what any community would want, right? 10, 10 or 20 years ago, the octopus, um, and this is, is something like, you know, I kind of worked through, was the octopus, as far as the animal was concerned, was viewed as this very malicious creature. It was demonized in Western culture for the past hundred years. They were known as these slimy, weird, malicious, they would attack ships, they were aggressive. Um, In all Hollywood movies, they were perceived as these very, like kind of demonic animals. Mm -hmm. Um, Ursula, the sea witch, who's a cicalia, which means she's like the sea witch, but she had, you know, arms and she, you know, was the the demon, I guess, in uh, Little Mermaid. And so when I looked at all of that, I was just like, you know what? The octopus, just like Mickey Mouse, just needed a better PR agent in a <laughs> sense where they just, the, the animal needed a person to change the story and, and explain the narrative in a way that was magnificent, that was um, uh, ancient, that was, uh, you know, I mean, just resilient. They've been on this planet for hundreds of millions of years. And so when I look at Octonation's core values and a lot of the core values in Octonation, um, I kind of molded off of um, the Obama Foundation um, in the sense where I was just like, you know what, I've always been drawn to, you know, um, uh, Michelle Obama, her spirit, and just the Obamas in general, just what they mean, what they stand for. And I was looking, I was like, why am I so drawn to them? And this is a good uh, exercise for the people that are listening to do. Who are you really drawn to? What brands, for whatever reason, do you just like find yourself, you know, you don't know what it is about them, but you're just drawn to the way that they show up. Go research their core values um, because odds are they're, they represent something that you see inside yourself that you're just like, you know, I just, I really like this. And always work with that first um, because it's not easy to kind of sit down with a piece of paper and just write down, okay, what are my core values? That's really hard. But as soon as you start seeing, well, what am I drawn to? Who am I drawn to? Why am I drawn to them? What do they do? You know, what, what certain campaigns or what sort of things do they do that I just really appreciate? You know, as far as from a women's empowerment angle or from a this or from a that. And um, start putting words to it. And then start looking at, okay, when I look at the content that I want to create, how am I showing evidence of these values so that I start creating this cohesive feeling and I start manifesting this um, group of people that stand for this or that aspire to these values Um, because it'll happen. You just have to be more intentional about it. Right. I think that's such a great uh, designation that you just made or distinction actually is probably a better word than designation about that because I think so many people fall short because they're looking at it the wrong way. And I think that if we could get people to figure out what's the word I want to use, like the, the standard, yeah. like the starting point, the foundation of how this all works, then as people are building, as people are leveraging some of these other tools that you've talked about inside of influencer marketing, they would get to what the ultimate goal is, right? Which yeah. is the galvanization of community. If we can get more people Marching to marching to the same beat of the same drum that we march to, then we are doing our part to make the world a better place. And that's for those of us who are purpose driven, because some people never, are yeah. just in it for themselves, yeah, right? I just and, never, I never really feel like um, this is something that is so, God, is so so important. 
um, is never feel like you have to evangelize um, that your person, like you have to be, you have to be the transformational component to have them finally get it. Like that's not your job. Like, and, and for me, you know, imagine me going to people in the street and saying octopuses are so cool. Oh my gosh. Did you know that octopus? Like, don't do that. And, and a lot of people, they don't think because they, they think that what they talk about isn't as weird as octopus. But I, I assure you that the thing that you're so passionate about, do not make the assumption that the person in front of you shares that or is even remotely on the fence of wanting to share that. Like, uh, go, you know, go find uh, the, the people that are already catering to a community of people. Uh, and then start building up, like I said, the community of like-minded people. When I first started um, and I was looking at uh, collaboration, I said, who is currently out there in the world who um, is catering to somebody who self-identifies as being interested in the octopus? That was the question that I asked myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, uh, uh, I don't know. But um, so I asked myself that question and, um, and I started answering it. So Simon Montgomery, the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Soul of an Octopus, and I love research. So mm -hmm. uh, then I started doing what professors are currently teaching this to their students that self-identify as caring. What publications out there that uh, are constantly, what journalists are currently writing about this animal? What, I mean, the strategy just, I mean, it, it just starts unfolding in front of you. And then all of a sudden you have a list of qualified attention graphs out there in the world of people that have already self-identified as caring. I'm not trying to convince anybody to, you know, I'm not trying to convince the people of Shark Week to jump onto the octopus train. <laughs> right, like, yeah. There'd be, no, there'd be no point. And so that's why it's, it's really good for you to have that clarity in the beginning. And there'll be oftentimes where I have conversations with community leaders and they go, well, the community that I have right now really likes it when I do this. I'm like, do you really like it? And is that the community that you want? Say I could help you build a, a community of 100,000 in three days that wasn't your existing community. You know what I mean? You have to start asking these hypothetical questions. Would you be doing that same thing? Well, no, I wouldn't. You, know, you have to get, really get down to the clarity and the core values part. And I love breaking people's brands down that don't have that, um, don't have that because I'm just like, that's why you're flailing everywhere. That's why you're posting emotionally every single day. That's why you're, you've been lost for the past, you know, couple of years is because there's not a true North that you go back to and that you feel confident in. Um, you're constantly being emotional about this and it's not an emotional game. Like it's right. very much, you know, who are you and who, you know, what, what do you have to say and what conversations are you willing to facilitate? You know, yeah. and you can live within your genius every single day. Like, you know, Jordan Peterson, and I, um, he's a triple board certified psychoanalyst. He speaks at a very high level. That's very kind of hard to comprehend for most people. And he found his community and created a Patreon and funded, you know, for hundreds of thousands of dollars just to produce a YouTube show. So it's like, you just have to really know who you are and, you know, have conversations at the level you want to have conversations at. And so... Yeah. yeah, I think that that's important. I mean, I say all the time, if you have to convince them, you won't close them. So there is no need to be convincing anybody of everything. It's about standing in your power, knowing who you are and who you want to bring to the table by doing what you just said. As you, For those of you who are listening, if you didn't catch, you might have to listen back to this episode. Lauren talks as fast as I do. So you might have to listen back to it a couple times, but he literally laid out an amazing blueprint of how he got started in OctoNation. He asked himself, right, who are the people who identify as self-caring? Yeah. Because that's part of his core value. He's doing work that is mission and purpose driven, and he wants to be aligned with people who do the same exact thing that share an affinity to the octopus because yeah. he has an affinity to the octopus. So insert the words that are relevant to you. So where he put self-caring, put a core value of yourself, where he put octopus, put whatever you're, whatever you're trying to build an affinity to so that you can start thinking about who are the people that you should collaborate with, whether they have a ready-made community or they can help you to build your community as you're building it. It just makes your life easier. I mean, I've said for as long as I've been in business, the best marketing is done where you find someone who's already gathering your people together and you go there yep. <laughs> versus trying to knock on every single door, seeing if you can pull the same number of people together. That's just ridiculous. And I do believe that business, not even just because of what's going on right now in the world, 
globally because of the pandemic. But I think more and more people are realizing the necessity of collaboration and that African proverb, right? If you if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Like we need more people to come together in order for us to really maximize the impact that we want to make here on the planet, which I'm, I'm excited about the work that you're doing, Warren. I think that people need you and, and I don't even know. So I'm just going to ask this question and the answer is going to be what it is. But if a person wants you to take them through the seven C's, like how, how does that process start and how do they connect with you? Um, I mean, they can, I mean, I have my website is warrencarlisle.com. So you can go there. As of right now, with the accelerator um, and everything that I'm doing right now, I've, I've really decided to, I've done this, and this is the first time I've done this, is saying, you know what, I'm really going to focus on Octonation 100%. Um, and I'm going to, because all, all while I've been building Octonation, I've worked with hundreds of other people, and you don't know how much energy it takes. Well, I mean, you do, That's because you do this. <laughs> but and you're an empath, so you get this as well is when I'm truly with someone and I'm having a conversation, I am with them. I am my energy. I'm, I'm anxious. Like they're anxious. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm, they're hoping that I'm the answer that they've always needed. And I feel that. And like, there's all this energy exchange that's happening. And so for you to think that that's not happening is very short sighted. So you have to protect that energy at all costs. And so for, um, for now, um, like I said, I've been focusing on um, Octonation, but we also have a community that me and Roberto created, to, again, to help people at scale. And it's called Community Growth and Profits. Okay. Um, and that's a, a, Facebook, uh, it's a Facebook group where we're sharing information about, you know, like one of our clients, uh, Damon Oates, he just uh, partnered with Michael's. And um, uh, fun enough, he, um, all the people that he's, he brought in to do a summit with Michael's so are all people that um, invested in him and are, are in his creative mastermind. Mm-hmm. So he has like five or six people and all the speakers are, are his clients, which is really, really cool. So he brought them all into Michael's talk about, you know, a full circle moment in the sense where he, you know, is, is positioning him and his clients for even more success. And so what we do in a group like that is we break down and I call it the secret sauce because I'm huge on, if you're going to share a win, if you're going to be, you know, braggadocious or whatever, at least let us know, give us some context, give us some, oh, what's the secret sauce? You know, like when I'm featured by Facebook for an article, I, in, in my post, I'll say, here's the secret sauce, guys. This is how I did it. I'm a part of the power admins group. They were looking for insight as far as like the new products were concerned. And I had a great story of how I utilized their tool and it hit a metric that they wanted to hit. And all of a sudden I'm featured on their blog. But so, but for me to just be like, I don't know, Facebook just really seems to like me guys. I don't know, like figure it out guys. Like I had to figure it out. Like there are those people that are out there. I'm not that person. Right. Um, Like I said, I want to operate from a space of abundance, right? Those people operate from a space of lack and they feel like by giving you the answer, they, they lose something. Whereas you know that by giving people the answer, you only get more, right? Yeah. I want to see them there. I want everybody in that group that's with me. I want to see them collaborating with Facebook because it's a big company. I mean, there, there's so many stories. They're not looking for just my story. And I know that my story isn't going to be the catalyst to transform a hundred percent of everybody's audience on Facebook. Right. So like, that's a very short sighted egotistical thing is like, if you feel a hundred percent responsible for the transformation, even now of your existing community, stop (laughs) because your job is to bring in somebody else. Like if you even think of Oprah, when she would bring on guests onto her show, she would essentially facilitate a conversation and she would reframe the words that that person was saying in her own Oprah words so that she could reframe and just, you know, disseminate this information. But what do we do? We attribute all of our success and all of our learnings to her, even though it was a a joint effort. It was this constant dialogue. So if people view you like that, who are you providing them with access to, to be a catalyst for that transformation? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to look at you and be like, thank you for making that happen for me. And I'd rather that happen than that person just blindly follow me and wait for me to say the right thing. Right. So constantly collaborate and, and bring people in. Even if they're saying the same thing that you're saying in a different way, they could be saying the same thing that you're saying, but have two kids. And all of a sudden that person in your audience who has two kids finally gets, Oh, I get what they're saying because they needed to see somebody that looked like them in their position to finally make that transformation. 
don't keep your audience from you know having that um that really cool moment because you're thinking well if they don't get it from me then they should just leave my group yeah um yeah that's good lauren i think if we could get more people of influence to not be stingy with their influence like this world's it's going to sound a little cliche but this world will definitely be a much better place oh my god (laughs) this has been like the fastest time ever i cannot believe our time is just about up um i want to just before i ask you the incredible fact of wisdom questions that i ask every guest anything else you want to leave our audience with uh, most people I feel like are listening. Um, they have this person in their mind that they want to collaborate with or that they've been too afraid to reach out to or they have these limiting beliefs around this person. I just really want you to go through those these C's that I mentioned. Um, really start thinking about that value and really start going after it sooner rather than later because, like I said, if there's anything that I could learn, the biggest lesson from my mom's, my mom's passing away was tomorrow isn't promised. And so really, what is keeping you from starting your legacy today or leaving your impact today, mm-hmm. you know, or creating that asset that's going to have that ripple effect? And um, I said, so for me, it's who are you collaborating with next? It's going to be always my question to the community leader. So that's what I'll leave them I had to write what you just said down because I was good. You said, tomorrow isn't promise. What's keeping you from starting your legacy today? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a perfect segue. Okay, so before I let you go, I have to ask you our incredible factor wisdom questions. Just three questions that really ground our time together. And so the first question is, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote, this is kind of like, um, it's going to be kind of strange. Um, it's by Voltaire, and it's life's a shipwreck, but we must not forget to sing in the lifeboats or something like that. I think that's the quote. I'm going to look it up. I'll look up to get the exact, to get the exact. Okay. Okay. And then what's the last book you read? Um, The last book I read. Okay. I got it. So Voltaire quote, life's a shipwreck, but we must not forget to sing in the lifeboats. Okay. Um, And I guess for me, what that kind of means is, even if you'll never know, like if I'm having a really like hard day or, or something like that, if I'm going through going through something, I'm always that person in the group where I'm just like, I guess it could be worse. So I guess it, you know, or or like, what do we have to be grateful for? Or, you know, we, we have each other, we have song, we have this, you know? So um, that quote, I don't know what for whatever reason sticks out to me um, because of just that sentiment. Yeah. Um, as far as the yeah. book, um, lately, I mean, I am all in um, with my obsession of octopuses. And so I've been, um, uh, and I'm producing a website right now. Um, and it's going to be the largest, um, the most comprehensive field guide of every single octopus species. Wow. And so um, I've been connecting with the, the science writers that have written a lot of these articles. Mm-hmm. And I've been like reaching out to them um, because my idea with that is, It'll add legitimacy to the website and it'll turn me from fan club, fun, art, you know, this to the gold standard for this animal or this information. Mm -hmm. And so in this accelerator, I'm kind of making that transition from lighthearted fan club, look at how many followers we have to we're a powerhouse as it relates to education and curriculum development. And so I think by like going in all on that and giving that all of my attention, um, it's really make a huge difference. So I've been reading all these octopus books. (laughs) (laughs) And then my last question is, what is one tool that you swear by to grow your business? One tool that I swear by to grow my business. Instagram. This is is funny. It's a full circle moment for you because (laughs) you were just saying in the car that you just didn't get it. I'm going to get it though. I have to get it. It is not optional that I get it. I just need the train a little bit. And (laughs) and it's just like, get it. And I think it's too, just understanding the power and the simplicity that Instagram has from a standpoint of say you had zero followers. Mm -hmm. Um, The ability that it gives you to, to find people that are having conversations around the, the, topics that you're interested in or your core values 
Like I'll give you a, a quick, uh, quick use case study. When I started Octonation and I had zero followers and I had Instagram, um, essentially what you can do is if you tap the magnifying glass on Instagram, um, you can type in places of businesses. So I was like, you know, where would somebody who self-identify as being interested in the octopus go? Well, they'd go to Monterey Bay Aquarium, you know, they'd go to, and I'll just list all these places. Mm-hmm. With Instagram places, you can type that place of business in and it'll pull up a feed of people that have taken photos at that given place. Wow. So what did I do? I went through Monterey Bay Aquarium or Aquarium of the Pacific or whatever, and I looked at people that were taking photos of the octopus exhibit. Mm-hmm. Because what that told me was that they cared enough about this animal to show on their timeline their affinity for this animal. So what that told me was if I have the largest octopus fan club, they need to be in it because they're telling the world about this animal. So for other people, how they can use that is are there events historically um, that you can attend virtually um, or that had a hashtag that, you know, that, that person or that event promoter isn't using anymore? You know, what sort of event was it? You know, if you're in the self, you know, uh, self-care space and to somebody who might have an affinity for Tony Robbins, you have a lot of content to go through. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of people, if you're an introvert and you're like, I don't like to meet people, I don't like to whatever, great. There are a lot of, of tools on Instagram built in natively into the platform where you can discover your people that care. Um, there was a, a, a guy, just one more example before we get off. There was a personal trainer I worked with who moved to a new city and he's like, I guess I have to start all over and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, you don't. Go to Instagram places, type in the name of your local gym, which was 24-hour fitness to him. Those are people that have self-identified as being members of that gym locally and people that want to show their body off to their followers, which means if you're a coach for that and you provide information for people like them, then that's your client. So what did he do? He found three clients in one day. Wow. Um, So it's just like... You just have to figure out how are you using these tools as a, uh, not as a, oh, this is Instagram, but how, how do you use the tool to even discover somebody? And then how can you take that, that conversation to, it doesn't even have to be on that platform. You could have a conversation with someone on Instagram, connect with them mm-hmm. and say, I'd really like to bring you on my YouTube channel. So just use it more like that and less of a, you know, content creation device. Use it more as a tool for discovery. I like it. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are listening, (laughs) Warren and I have covered a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And he's going to be tied down over the next few months with the accelerator and Facebook. So we will make sure we put all of his information in the show notes so that you can at least go follow him, join his group, Community Growth and Profits, that he runs with his husband, Roberto, and, and go from there in the meantime. But I know this has been powerful. I have been blessed. I cannot wait to go back. I have two and a half pages worth of notes just to go back and just digest everything that he said because he said an amazing mouthful. So thank you so much for being with us today, Warren. I appreciate you. For sure. Didn't I tell you? I know right now you have learned so many powerful things to shift the way you grow community. Thanks to Warren. Warren, we are so excited that you were here. So many things I loved about our conversation. I love the focus on checking in on your core values and the role that that plays in your community. I also love that he went on to break down the seven things that we all need to be concerned about, all the seven C's, clarity, core values, content, collaboration, connection, conversion, and consistency. Not only was that a mouthful, but it was a straight up masterclass. And if you were taking copious notes, you actually have a rubric that you can follow when building out your community so that you don't get caught up in vanity metrics, but instead you focus on building a community that centers around your core values right? There were some powerful questions that he asked. One of my favorites was, what content would I provide to keep attention on the cause, on the mission, on the community? I think that that's such an interesting take because oftentimes our content is one-sided and it's it's selfish. It's what we want to share with the world instead of getting clear about what the world wants to hear from us, right? We got that from Warren. I love his passion about the octopus, And I love his commitment to doing work that would extend the awareness of how people look at the octopus. So, and I love when he said, if you don't get clarity and connect, you don't deserve to sell. 
did that snatch anybody's edges? Like, I'm just starting to say this whole snatch and edges thing, but I definitely have had some of those moments when I think back to the power that was this interview with Warren. There were so many other powerful things that he said. We talked a lot about influencer marketing and when does it make sense to collaborate, right? And how do you focus on getting more microphones to your mouth so that your commitment to your community is established and expanded. So powerful. So if you enjoyed my conversation with Warren, you already know what to do. Go check out the show notes. In the show notes, we will connect you with him. We'll tell you how to be able to reach them, reach him so that you can continue and deepen your conversation with Warren and learn all about what it is that they are up to next. So I just want to thank you again for tuning in to this conversation with Warren. I hope you were blessed. I hope you now know what it's going to take in order to build a community that is served based on your core values and not focused on being vain. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor business podcast. If after listening to this episode, you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small, you should go grab my Grow Your Business Toolkit. Based on the pillars of business optimization, this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven-figure mark. Go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time. Remember, you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.